Hey there, you're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If doing all the things you were told to do to grow your practice have left you overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic who are just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. If you're done with spinal screenings and health fears, want more time freedom, more money in your bank account, and a practice that you love without sacrificing your health, be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Now, sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, you're listening to episode 173 of the Aligned Women podcast, and today you are going to hear from Amara Wagner. Amara and I got introduced by a member of Aligned Women who has worked with Amara as a client. Amara is a holistic health coach and she has been coaching since 2004, which I don't know if you know this, but that was like kind of back before the coaching industry was really the thing that it is now. And she trained at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And she recently created a membership program so that she could continue to grow her practice in a way that she couldn't do if she was working with all of her clients one-to-one. So I'm excited for you to hear what Amara shares with you today about how to think about things a little differently if you are a one-to-one service provider, like a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a nutritionist, whatever it might be so that you can continue to serve more people and have the time and energy to preserve and protect your own health and to be with the important people in your life as well. Amara will share with you at the end of her interview where you can go to learn more about her. And I just want to give you a heads up that if you're listening to this show on the day, this episode on the day that it's released, this is the last day that enrollment for Aligned Foundations is available. That is my course that teaches you how to work less and have more in your life, be able to have more time freedom and still reach your financial goals as well. So if you want to check that out and get enrolled today, head over to alignedfoundations.com. Otherwise, then let's go dive into this interview with Amara Wagner. Hello, everyone. I'm here today with another new guest to the podcast, so super excited. I'm so happy to be interviewing people on the podcast again, because if I was tired of listening to myself, I can imagine you were tired of listening to me too, week after week. So here we are today with Amara Wagner, who is a brand new guest to the show. Amara, welcome. Let's get started by you sharing more about who you are. And I am excited to share the work that you're doing, specifically how you've modeled your business, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, absolutely. So who am I? I love that question. I could answer it in so many different ways, but I'll answer it more in terms of what I do, which is I am an integrative health coach and I specifically work with moms of young children and I support them in learning to trust themselves when it comes to taking a holistic health care approach to their families. I often like to say that Most of my clients are kind of already on a path of holistic-minded, natural health, but many of them are doing it in a way that is ultimately sacrificing their own health and well-being 
in order to take care of their children in kind of an attached, mindful, holistic way. And I like to work with those mothers to teach them ultimately balance, but also, you know, how to take care of their families in that way without sacrificing their own health. When you and I first connected and you shared that with me, I was just glad to hear that. (laughs) I think because I don't know if there's been a time that I've gotten like myself into a place where I felt so attached to a specific parenting system or set of beliefs around parenting that I couldn't unattach for them when I saw that it would be unhealthy. But I, as I said, I'm like, we're probably just not recognizing where that's showing up for yourself. But I also see it in a lot of other people, specifically patients in my practice because they get so attached to this is the right way to be a crunchy mom, or this is the right way to be a holistic parent. And then they're like sacrificing so much of their own health in the process. Yeah. And that has been my experience. So to kind of give a little background, I've been coaching since about 2004 in kind of holistic health and nutrition as a holistic nutrition coach. And for so many years, my business was really focused on teaching information, you know, and I still love to teach information and I'm just as much of an information junkie as everybody else. But my business was primarily focused on teaching courses on how to use holistic first aid, you know, how to create a holistic first aid kit or, you know, the 10 things you should do to work with your picky eater or something, you know, those kinds of things. And what I realized was that I was giving these mothers so much information and they were taking notes furiously and really excited, but I was just adding to the information overload that we're all experiencing now, even more so than 15 years ago when I started this practice. Yes. And there's this notion that if you don't show up that way, then you're not good enough. When you really get to the root with someone with how they're feeling. That's often the case. That's often what it is. So again, I was really excited when I heard that this is how you support people in your practice because I can see how needed it is. You were coaching in particular in a holistic realm back before it was like the cool thing to do. When I first started, nobody knew what it was. I didn't really explain what it was that I do now. It's pretty common. I feel like the internet made coaching more accessible because you could get the word out to people for free all over the world. And then of course, like YouTube channels and social media made it easy to be able to just share information with people that they may not get in other places. So I found that really interesting that you started your career in coaching that long ago. Yes, I have been doing this since around 2004. What was it that led you to this career path? I was working actually in corporate America. I did corporate PR for uh, Condé Nast Publications. I was head of PR for Bon Appetit magazine. I was always a foodie, loved food and nutrition, but I also really wanted to start a family. And that was really important to me. And of course, we're always a version of our clients that we coach in some way. I had an idea of how I wanted to parent my children and it felt really important for me to be around. At that time, I, you know, had a corporate career. I was kind of moving up the corporate ladder and I was really beholden to my company that I was working for. I was kind of on call all the time. I traveled extensively and I didn't see myself 
in that role as a mother. And so I was really looking and seeking kind of the next step for myself. And I had always been interested in nutrition and holistic health. So at one point I was looking at buying a health food store, going into clinical nutrition, which didn't quite feel aligned for what I wanted to be working with. And then I found the program at the time, it was an in-person program, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is still around. That's an online exclusively program. It was a fantastic program for me. I did a two-year program with Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And it was clear to me that working for myself was the way that I wanted to go. And I don't want to sugarcoat that for anybody at all. (laughs) That, you know, brings its own challenges for sure. In some ways, work can be 24-7, even more so than working for somebody else. But over the years, I think I've learned really strong boundaries. And I've been willing to grow my business at a pace that feels in integrity with the values that I want for myself and my family. Okay, can we talk more about that? Because I feel like setting boundaries in your business, particularly for yourself, is really key to building something that's sustainable, to maintaining your longevity, protecting your longevity. And when I was, I don't know, 28, I graduated from chiropractic school. I wasn't really thinking at that time about longevity or like protecting my body. We talked about it in chiropractic school, but it just didn't feel relevant to me. Now at 40, it feels really relevant to me (laughs) after having four pregnancies, three births, it feels really real now. What are some lessons that you've learned or some boundaries that you've learned to set for yourself over the course of your career? I'm always wanting to be really fully transparent. So I will first say it's a practice, right? Yeah. And I don't think there's any point of arrival of like the boundaries are secured and I'm good. (laughs) And I think that that's part of my setting boundaries. The work that I do in with my mothers is about teaching them how to tune into your body and connect to your own inner wisdom and intuition and how to be in practice of that when you're making health decisions, when you're caring for your child, when you're deciding, you know, if you're breastfeeding or weaning or co-sleeping or vaccinating or giving supplements or what diet you're finding and how you're feeding and all of those things. And that's exactly how I also figure out what my boundaries are in my business. I have to be in a regular practice of checking in with my body. And sometimes I fall out of that. And I visit with my chiropractor and she's like, what's happening here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm out of alignment because I'm out of alignment with my boundaries, with my integrity, with you know, what is best for me. And I need to adjust. I need to course correct. And sometimes it's, you know, minor things of changing a schedule or asking for more support from whomever can support me, you know, those things. It definitely is a practice. It seems like over the last couple of years, the practice deepens exponentially and the lessons get bigger and they come more quickly. Maybe because I'm developing resiliency. I can't look back at the prior 10 years and say, I was learning lessons at such a rapid rate, (laughs) which in some ways is really fun and exciting. And of course, in other ways can feel stressful and nearly traumatic. This is part one, part two of what you mentioned in like 
the same breath here was that you've learned how to grow your business in a way that feels sustainable for you. What does that mean to you? There are so many pieces that come into play with this. One of them that I feel like is important to share, especially for women-owned businesses, is the piece that I don't know that we talk about a lot. Maybe you talk about it, but it's competition. I have had to be really mindful of my feeling of being in competition, comparison, feeling like other people are doing this, I need to be doing that. Oh my goodness, you know, she has 75 clients and I only have 25 clients. I must be a failure. You know, somebody's making seven figures and I'm making five figures or six figures, whatever it is. For me, knowing that um, my business is on the right track, again, comes to connecting in with myself, but also being really aware of I'm normal. I do have those tendencies. I do look outward and see and feel that kind of like, it's not enough. I need to do more. I need to work more. I need more clients. I need another revenue stream and really being okay with that's not my path right now. That has not been my path to grow at the pace of somebody else's business. Considering the word competition doesn't really resonate, but comparison, I hear that often in students. It's also a thing that I've faced. I've been challenged with over the last couple of years. When I started this podcast, when I started my coaching practice, there wasn't anyone that I knew of that focused specifically on women who were chiropractors. A couple of years later, I kind of thought, wait, maybe that person was already doing this. And I just didn't even know that they were out there. I didn't like do any market research. I just decided that this is what I was going to do. And over time, it became something different. But then I started seeing more and more other people out there doing what felt like the same thing. And I was like, hey, I already do that. We don't need someone else who focuses on women in chiropractic. I already do that. I'm already here. Back off my territory. And I learned to just go, oh, cool. Good for you. That's awesome. And put my eyes back on my own paper. (laughs) Because when I'm like, oh, wait, what is she doing? What kind of program is she launching? Is this going to be a course? Is it going to be a membership? Oh, my gosh. What is it? None of it actually matters in the long run. There's so many people that need support and I'm not the right support. First of all, I can't support everyone. Yes. Not, not the best fit for everyone. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And we could run the same program on paper identically, but you know, my energy is infused with my program and somebody else's energy is infused in their program and it feels very different. I have to keep reminding myself of that. I feel like sometimes I need to like write that on a sticky note, like yeah. keep your eyes on your own paper. You're doing a great job because for me, my business is holistic, not just in the way that I practice, but in the way that it serves me and serves my family. And in order to be in integrity with what I'm teaching, I have to keep it that way. I have to make sure that it's in integrity with my family life and my children and myself. Those are the parameters that I have to keep being like, is the level that my business is growing, the way that I'm serving, feeling like it's serving holistically for all the things that I want it to be. You mentioned wondering if you should be creating a different revenue stream. 
Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you in this interview today, because you have done that. So just this past year, actually just since March, we launched the Fiercely Intuitive Mamas membership community. And that has been surprisingly, in fact, this is the first time that I'm actually publicly speaking about it. Up until now, it's really been by invitation only, although it is open. It's been something that I have kind of dreamed of, thought of like a someday that would be really cool when I get there. And I never quite defined what there was or what I was waiting for. It just felt like I wasn't ready. Between so many things just going to online, although almost all of my work for the past you know, 15 years has been primarily focused on virtual. I do do live classes. I occasionally do in-person coaching sessions and I do like cooking classes and things like that. And then also retreats in person. But other than that, for the most part, my, you know, private sessions and even some of my groups have been online for years, but I had a lot of women coming to me, many of whom I had worked with over the years who wanted support and my kids were home 24-7. I was feeling like I didn't have a lot to give in terms of a one-on-one. I didn't want to stretch myself any thinner or feel like I was sacrificing myself, my sleep or you know, my self-care. So we decided to launch a membership, which has been really, really exciting to see it just kind of is like it was meant to be. It's almost like I, I can't believe that it's brand new because it feels like such a part of my business now. This idea was something that was brewing for a while, it sounds like. And I think that's probably how a lot of practitioners who work one-to-one with people start this journey of creating something different, whether it's because you want to have something online that can be accessible for people anywhere or You want something that's more scalable than just the one-to-one model. Whatever it may be, it seems like a lot of people start with this very slow opening myself up to this idea process. And so first, thank you for being an example that that slow evolution, if you will, of the idea coming to fruition is actually okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Like your idea, if it's still germinating, it doesn't mean that you've missed your opportunity or that it's never going to happen. Maybe it's just not the right time yet. Yeah. I definitely went from the place of like, I have this idea. I'd really like to do it. I have a lot of content that I want to share in this format. I want to have a place that's safe, especially Facebook and all social media has felt very unhealthy. So I really, I was like, I want to create this space. So I went from there to everybody has a membership. It's too late. Who's going to join my membership? There are, you know, a zillion other memberships. I missed the boat. I literally like jumped from one mindset to the other. And then I just had to make a decision. Like I'm going to either try it or not. That is awesome. I love it. You want to attach from it having to work out a certain way. Right. And just thought like, let's just try and see what happens. Yeah. I'm like taking that in <laughs> for myself. Like there's a new program that I've been meaning to get out mm-hmm. since I don't know, 2 years ago in some ways and then like much more intentionally since February of this year. 
February came and it's like, I don't know, this just doesn't feel like the right time. Then the pandemic happened and I was like, hmm, would have been cool if we had launched that program in February. Now definitely doesn't feel like the right time. So it's almost like it has its own life, its own set of expectations. And I'm over here with mine and we're like finding this equilibrium. We're both in agreement. that, okay, now it's time. Well, now right. it's the right time. Oh, great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, we are in relationship with our business for sure. You know, I always feel like I'm in relationship with my business kind of like playing together. Yes. Okay. So how is it different for you in regard to offering this as a service now or a program where you have many people in comparison to what you maybe have been used to doing, focusing on with one-to-one service? I actually love doing groups and I have done small group programs before it's different. I still love individual coaching and, you know, in-person stuff. And part of why this feels good to me is that I didn't have to give that up. In some ways, you know, it's made my one-on-one coaching. I think I was feeling a little bit burnt out. Like there was a, there was definitely a point late last year that I was like, do I want to coach anymore one-on-one? Like, I'm kind of tired of this. I was in that cycle of like, this is not enough. I have to have more. And insatiable, you know, for revenue stream and also my time to charge so much. In some ways, from that perspective, having a membership has, and I think will, as it, you know, continues, alleviate some of that so that the clients that I take in privately I can really focus on. And one of the things that I've done is actually changed my private offerings to be longer and more intensive so that I can give and be much more present to my private clients, which is really nice. The membership has allowed me to serve people in a way that I haven't been able to serve before because I had such a limited amount of time by choice. I had to charge a certain rate to clients So people who wanted to pick my brain, ask me a quick question, pop in, just kind of be in my presence, grab a resource here or there, come into what I call tea time, which is you start with a grounding for about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then it's an open line. It's basically like open office hours for me. You know, that's included in the membership. So I can serve these women and have connection with them and feel in community with them in a much more relaxed way. And then if they need more, I can give them more. Sometimes I was feeling like I was fitting people in where they didn't necessarily, weren't being most served. So I feel like this has just expanded my ability to serve more in integrity. That's so cool. I think people may sometimes get the misconception that if you are a hands-on practitioner or a person that normally provides service one-to-one, that if you want to do something like an online course or program, it's because you want to make more money. And then we go into the emotional drama about wanting to make more money, right? Mm -hmm. And like, is that bad? Is that wrong? What does that mean about you? Are you greedy? All the things that come up after that. And what I heard you just say is that it's, yes, maybe helped you make more money, but it's helped you be better in the service that you provide overall across the board. Yes, 100%. That is 
hands down, my biggest takeaway so far from kind of this shift in business model, for sure. So I'm able to serve my one-on-one clients much more deeply and also serve my larger community in a way that I haven't been able to, but I've really been wanting to. What has been your biggest lesson learned in the experience of putting this program out there? So many lessons. I have the belief of like, I have to give more in order to be valuable. And I think a lot of women, you know, practitioners have this of like, I'm charging this amount, so I need to give a lot. So when I was researching memberships and trying to kind of figure out the best way to do it for me and for my clients, you know, one of the pieces of feedback that I heard from market research and asking clients and friends and ideal clients is they didn't want to feel overwhelmed. Yep. And anyway, it goes back to what, you know, kind of what I've said all along. It's like too much information, just give it to me in a way that I can digest it. And also so that I can feel like I'm part of it, not like I'm being dumped on. Uh And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn in that way because it went against my like, you know, so the lesson was like less has been more. That was exactly my biggest lesson in starting and growing a membership program. That was so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. I felt like I needed to give so much and that by doing that, I was making the membership more valuable. Right. That was my assumption. Over the last, it's been three and a half years since I launched this program. The number one reason by far for attrition, which is like someone decides to not continue with your program is because they find it too overwhelming. And even after I've like peeled back and peeled back and peeled back, that's still the biggest reason. So now I'm in this new phase now of kind of like, okay, how do we make it even less overwhelming, but also like to help create an atmosphere of transformation and results. But I'm starting to kind of see that now. And I'm really, really like leaning into letting that be okay. And realizing that the value isn't in PDFs, videos, worksheets, whatever. It's actually in the transformation that happens. And a lot of that is because of the community and knowing that people are holding space for you as you go through this transformation. For sure. I think that if I were to say the thing that feels probably most valuable in my experience of having gone through some kind of membership or something like that, it always is the space. And that was really my intention. And what I was manifesting and brainstorming and dreaming up this community, it was not just a place to like check messages or download a PDF. It was to create a sacred space for mothers to gather and to share and to ask questions and for it to be safe, for really to feel like the opposite of what my Facebook groups are feeling like. And then the resources would be like a bonus in some ways. So what would you want to share with someone who was like-minded, similar type of profession, and was also feeling like they have the idea, but they're not taking action on the idea? I think part of it is, you know, I'm reluctant to say, do it, do it, it's great, because that feels very much external. And like you were saying before, sometimes, you know, we need to ruminate and figure it out and think about it. But if it feels like a calling, if you get excited when you think about it, if your body relaxes, you know, on some level when you're like planning it or thinking about what's going to go into it or who you're calling into it excites you, 
follow that. In order to listen to your body, you've got to slow down sometimes, right? So that for me is the biggest thing. You've got to give yourself permission to be in the winter, to be doing a lot of thinking, to be taking really great care of yourself, to be resting a lot. Activating your parasympathetic nervous system is what allows you to like get more connected to your higher levels of consciousness. It's hard work that doesn't look hard on the outside. It's hard because you've got to give yourself permission to do that. That's what's hard about it. But without it, it's then also really hard to feel clear on what your next steps are. So I guess it comes back to like choosing your hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's a different hard. So the hard work is hard work. And I love that you, you know, talked about being in the winter because almost all of my work is around and how I teach connecting to yourself is about connecting to nature and being kind of in alignment with the seasons. This weekend I'm hosting, you know, an autumn equinox, sacred circle and lunch for mothers. So that is hard work. But hard work that's aligned, that's an integrity, that's in flow is very different than pushing against boulders. Yes. Okay. If someone would like to learn more about you, about the work that you do, where's the best place for them to go? They can find me at fiercelyintuitivemamas.com. It's also on Instagram, fiercelyintuitivemamas. Awesome. I don't think I'm following you there, so I'll be sure to check that out myself. Thank you so much for being here, for being open to having this conversation and sharing what you've learned along the way through this transition that you've made for yourself. Thank you so much for having me and for being interested and also for the amazing work that you do. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. If you love this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic. Think of your classmates and the woman who practice near you. Is there one who you know is tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or just burned out? If so, let her know about the Aligned Women podcast right away. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into Aligned Women's proven method for women in chiropractic on how you can have more time freedom and more financial freedom, how you can build a practice full of the right patients, not just more of them, and how you can feel confident that you're making the impact you were born to make as a chiropractor. Be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.